Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. It's terrible. It's not acceptable to come on play like that for two periods, and then even two and a half periods, to be honest with you. They were good. I give them a ton of credit. They played the way they had to, played desperate, played fast, did everything we said they were going to do. And we just we weren't ready to, you know, kind of match that. And that's that's what you get. Now we fought back, and you know, fortunate at the end. Um, you know, we break a stick that causes us to take a penalty. It's really what happened. Um, you know, we got what we deserved. So it's a tough game. Was the comeback effort at least encouraging, or not really? Not really. Not really. I mean, to play about eight minutes of hockey uh, in a, you know situation that we're in we know we came out talked about what we have to do that that's that's it's a tough one this is the canes corner podcast with host adam gold part of the capital broadcasting podcast network now here's the host of the canes corner podcast adam gold welcome to the morning after podcast part of the canes corner podcast network it's not a network uh, but I'm not really all that good at this. I'm Adam Gold. I thank you very much. 10-day break for everybody. So I'm new at this again, it feels like, and it certainly felt like the Carolina Hurricanes were new at doing what they need to do in order to finish off this season with a playoff berth. This was a woof of a game. Uh, I thought, and I said this on Twitter right after the game, can't play, can't expect to play 10 good minutes of hockey and beat a team that basically is as desperate as you are for a playoff spot. And that's what Vegas is. Uh, and as it turned out, I was wrong. Rod Brindamore pointing out in the post game that they played about eight good minutes of hockey. Um, maybe it was 10. Maybe I was right. Guess what? It ain't enough. Uh, 4-3 win. Vegas gets it. They escape North Carolina with two points. And really, if you think about it, two teams in identical situations, in a log jam, fighting for a playoff spot that might not be there at the end of the season if they don't play well. Vegas came in, uh, believe, fifth in the Pacific Division, a point behind Arizona for uh, the first wild card. They get both points, and they walk out of here in fourth Fourth place in the Pacific in the first wild card spot. Arizona drops to fifth. Carolina, look at the standings. Actually, on the outside, looking in, they're uh, they're tied with Toronto and Philadelphia for the second wild card spot. But the Maple Leafs have one more regulation win than Carolina, so Toronto is sitting in the second wild card spot. Carolina and Philadelphia out. I talked to Rod Brindamore before the game uh, about the the situation that they're in this year as opposed to last year. Um, And last year, maybe only one good team didn't make the playoffs. Montreal. This year, going to be two, maybe more. I still think there's there's some teams below Carolina in the standings other than Philadelphia that have a little bit more to offer as we get closer and closer towards the end of the season. 
Uh, but this was not the kind of game. I don't even know that it was effort. Carolina did look slow. I know it's easy to say, well, they're just there's no effort. I don't think it was an effort problem. Maybe it was. It was just a bad play problem. That's basically what it boils down to. Corey Lavalette, North State Journal, will join us in a little bit. As I said, one team handled the situation a whole lot better. Maybe it's easier to come out of the break on the road, although last year Carolina came out of the break and beat this same Vegas team 5-2. Hey, same total of goals, uh, but uh, Vegas comes out on the long end of a 4-3 win. Uh, subscribe to this, download it, give us a rating. I'm going to borrow from uh, my friend Bamani Jones. Uh, give us a five-star rating. If you give us anything less, uh, as he says, I believe you are a hater. Uh, we're going to do this after every game, but I will tell you right off the bat, we will not do it after the Island, uh, sorry, the Vancouver game on Sunday. The afternoon games probably won't have them. Uh, and, of course, there's the Super Bowl. So uh, good luck to uh, the team that you are rooting for. So let's get right to a couple of thoughts before we bring in Corey Lavalette. First things first. Uh, Carolina, I thought, it certainly wasn't good early. They, they were on the ice probably uh, the, on the first shift for a little bit more than a minute, uh, but not a lot of danger from, uh, from Vegas. But Carolina was just stuck in their own zone, a little trouble getting the puck out. Uh, but then... Uh, a great chance, super chance with Justin Williams finding Jordan Martinook in front. He couldn't bury it. Uh, I don't know uh, that he got put it exactly where he wanted to. Uh, Malcolm Subban, who started because Marc-Andre Fleury was uh, serving a one-game suspension for ditching the All-Star game. Uh, anyway, so right after that sequence where Martinook gets stopped, uh, it goes the other way, and this was the first of several mistakes that Carolina made tonight. And mistakes are killing them. Um, Ryan Dezingle had Riley Smith. He had Riley Smith on the right side, actually knocked down a, I think he either knocked down a shot or uh, knocked the puck off his stick uh, and was bothering him. And then he just kind of let him go. He just let Riley Smith skate towards the middle of the ice and he hung Jake Gardner out to dry. And Gardner, I mean, not his fault. He's got two guys to deal with. He was going to Paul Stasny, who was sitting just to the right of Peter Morazic. But when Riley Smith comes around with the puck, you got to go to Riley Smith. Morazic also came over a little bit because he had to. And then Smith just shoved the puck right over to Paul Stasny, who buried into it, buried it into an empty net. Um, really? I mean, Ryan was there. You have to finish the play. The same thing happened to uh, Eric Halla in the Islander game last or two Sundays ago where he had Anders Lee and then he let him go. You can't lose that. Uh, you can't make that kind of mistake. Carolina has to get back to playing tight, checking, good defensive hockey. It's the only way they're going to make the playoffs. So 352 in, it's one nothing Vegas. Uh, about uh, six minutes later, uh, Jonathan Marcheseau, uh, is basically camped out on the blue line. Not a great line change for Carolina. Hayden Fleury, who really played a good game tonight, didn't quite get the puck deep enough. 
And uh, because Carolina went off on a change, they didn't get back into position fast enough. Joel Edmondson just about got there. Maybe he got a stick on it. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I would like to think so, but I don't think he did. Um, And Marcia So, just from above the dot, right side, beats Mrazek near side. I mean, not just not a good goal. Uh, And bad goals are plaguing this team. Uh, right now. So it's 2 nothing. less than 10 minutes into the first period in a game Carolina has to win. So now we get to the uh, get to the break. And by the way, Mrazek made a handful of good saves. Not knocking that. I mean, uh, Peter uh, had some dandies, really, in the first period. There were a couple of posts. I mean, it could have been 5 nothing very, very easily. Uh, and then Carolina gets on the board. They weren't really much better in the second period if they were better at all. Uh, I mean, I'm not, honestly, I'm not even sure. But all of a sudden, Carolina uh, gets a goal. Now, here's the interesting thing is that it, it, it really, the play started poorly. Uh, Tavo Teravainen makes a mistake at the offensive blue line. It goes the other way. It's a two-on-one. Uh, Jacob Slavin makes a great play to foil the two-on-one. And eventually, he's the guy that gets it behind the net. Sebastian Ajo puts it out in front to Martinook. We've seen this before. Martinook's shot was uh, stopped, but the rebound came to Tara Vinen, who uh, drifted out in front of the goal and got it somehow through Subban. It was 2-1. Carolina wasn't even playing well, and it was just a one-shot hockey game, and that was really good. And then midway through the third period, again, Carolina just kind of struggling through it. Can't really get anything going. Nate Schmidt uh, makes it 3-1. I'm just going to call it a pinch. Uh, It was off an offensive zone faceoff. Carolina with a faceoff to the left of Subban. Um, they don't win the draw. Joel Edmondson uh, gets caught in too deep, but while Edmondson got caught in too deep and you want both your defensemen back if you can help it, Jordan Martinook, Tavo Teravainen, and Jacob Slavin were all back. And somehow, Nate Schmidt ends up alone in front of Mrazek with the puck. And there you go, it's 3-1, and you thought, oh man, well, 3-1, their offense is dead, they're not coming back, and then all of a sudden, boom. Brock McGinn scores a goal right off the faceoff. You have um, uh, Hayden Flurry in the rush with McGinn. Uh, Flurry, I think, lost the puck. He kind of uh, kind of drifted off his stick, or it was a knock, knock. I think it was knocked down, and then McGinn just picks a uh, picks a corner, and all of a sudden it's three two. It was sixteen seconds after the goal that made it three one, and you thought, all right, Carolina's got some momentum back, and they do, and they do, and they played much better from that point on. Uh, and then a late penalty uh, gave Carolina a power play with a little bit less than f- four minutes left. Eight seconds into the power play, Sebastian Ajo deflects a Jacob Slavin point shot, and it's 3-3, and boom, there it is. Now you feel like, all right, this team is rolling. They were playing much better at this point. Uh, There's a pass back to to, uh, Joel Edmondson at the point, and he tries to one-time it, and stick breaks in half, and you know what happens next. Sebastian Ajo ends up taking a penalty. Uh, He hooks Max Pacioretty. And six seconds into Vegas's power play, 
a, uh, a shot from uh, Shea Theodore. It wasn't really a shot. It was a pass, uh, a, a shot pass, I guess, if you want to call it, uh, to um, Paul Stasny, who deflected it over to Alex Tuck. And there you go. In a way, it's hard to believe they almost got it to overtime and stole a point out of this game because you can't play uh, 10 minutes of good hockey and expect to beat a team that is just as desperate as you are. Uh, and I know a lot of people are thinking, well, they're coming out of the break. They're coming out of the break. Uh, Jordan Martinook, you don't want to hear it. They were coming off t- whatever. They were coming off their break, too. and It looked like they've been playing for 10, and we sat on the couch for... 10 days but um yeah they they did exactly kind of what we wanted to do we wanted to get pucks in and just not not play in your own end and tie yourself out and i think the second we started started picking it up and then the third we made our push but then a couple a couple bounces but we uh we dug ourselves a hole and it was just hard to hard to dig out of that why was it so hard to start i don't know i've uh, I wish I had the why. I don't know. It's. Uh, I think we kind of. I don't know if you overthink something sometimes, or you just try and maybe maybe you want to do it right, and then sometimes you just your mind's just would tend. I don't know. It's lip break and ten days. I don't know. It's I'm saying I don't know a lot because I don't. I don't know. I wish. Wish I had something to tell you, but we uh, obviously needed need a lot more from everyone in that first period to kind of set the tone for the night. Another desperate team coming on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. This uh, we played them played them up there, and they're they're good. They're a skilled team. They play with a lot of pace, and um, yeah, they're going to be coming in. That their division's tight. As if you look at our division, we we need to get going too. So uh, I think we need to be the desperate team, and everybody in here needs to know that. We need to be the team that needs that game, and we can't can't take a shift off. And in, in we're we're in crunch mode here. We're right on the edge of it, so we need to get going. Yeah, I think we've already uh, kind of described that based on the standings. Carolina now third in the wild card race, and again, it's right there for them. Vancouver on Sunday, an afternoon game in front of the Super Bowl, uh, and then it's a four game trip into the Western Conference. Carolina's done very well against the West. Uh, but this is not a normal West Coast trip. These are against uh, really, I think, outstanding teams. Carolina's going to have to deal with uh, Dallas, who's good. They're going to have to deal with St. Louis, who might be the best team in the entire sport. Uh, you got Vegas as well. I mean, look, and Arizona. I think they're. Uh, I think that's the uh, that's the four. Uh, I think I got the last two wrong. I think they're in Arizona and then Vegas. No, it's Vegas and then Arizona. I don't know. All I know is Carolina's got a, a very steep hill to climb uh, because of where they are in the standings. A couple of quick things, then Corey Lavalette, North State Journal. Uh, Ryan Dezengel had an opportunity playing with uh, Ajo and Taravainen. Didn't really grab it. In fact, didn't even last. Uh, they, uh, that line was broken up before the end of the first period. I think maybe they had uh, five shifts together uh, before Rod flipped Dezingle and uh, Brock McGinn and put McGinn on the line with Taravine and Anaho. Uh, and then Dezingle went back to playing with Halla and Natchez, but that didn't uh, go very well. And that line was broken up. Tavo didn't play a great game tonight. It was, uh, he made a, a bunch of mistakes. He recovered a lot and he did have two points, 
Uh, but I think uh, Tava wasn't happy with his game tonight. Um, Halla, not great. Now 10 games without a goal. Same with Ryan Dezingle, by the way. 10 games without a goal. Martin Natchez had a great chance, but he lost control of the puck, or just fumbled it enough uh, that allowed, uh, I believe, uh, McNabb to get, uh, to get back and make a good defensive play on it. Joel Edmondson didn't have a good game. He fought it. Uh, played with Jacob Slavin, but he was last on the team in minutes uh, among the the uh, defensemen. Uh, and Mrazek was uh, was not as good as he needs to be. Uh, you're only as good as the worst goal you allow. And the second goal was a bad goal to allow. The others can't bang him for. They were either not his fault uh, at all, or he had no chance. And he may had may may have had no chance on two of them. Actually, I think the first one and the last one. He had no chance. Uh, but that second one, it's one you got to have. Absolutely got to have. This team needs more battle. The team needs a forecheck on a steady basis. Uh, they have not had it all season long. Uh, and uh, they got to find it. And they got to find it soon. Uh, so a quick word, and then we'll come back and we will talk. And you'll hear me talking to Corey Lavalette of the North State Journal. All right, Corey Lavalette, North State Journal. We were talking before the press conference, and I said you can't win a game with playing 10 good minutes. Apparently I was wrong. Rod gave him eight. Eight good minutes. That's all he gave him tonight. Yeah. That was, was about what it was. Yeah, it was not good at all. I mean, from right from the beginning, they looked flat, and everything Rod worried about, which was, you know, the – you know, legs being off, the timing being off, mm-hmm. uh, the mental edge, which was the thing he really stressed this morning. All that stuff, you know, seemed like we're, we're off, like he was worried they might be, and that's he was not happy. No, he not wasn't. <laughs> and the interesting thing, and Jordan Martinook, uh, it almost seemed like he could just say, keep talking, keep talking, and he was going to pour it out. Uh, Jordan was like, "There's, I mean, they're in the same situation. Vegas hadn't played since the 21st. Mm-hmm. They had to fly across country. They stayed in a hotel last night. It's really, they said we looked like we were on the couch. It, I did think that and these are just moments in games. Um, when Williams fed Martinook in front of the net early in the first period and they didn't score, and Vegas scores in the next rush. Right. And it was a mistake because, you know, Dezingle gave the puck away, or d- didn't give the puck away, just poor coverage. Right. Um, but that moment, I mean, everything could have changed. Had Martinook finished that, Carolina actually scored that way in the second period after a good save. So those those little things, Carolina just couldn't get any traction. You had the Natchez play too, where Natchez was in alone and mm-hmm. just kind of he looked more like Warren Fogle with the way it bounced around <laughs> on his stick. Uh, usually his hands are so good, and it just it rolled around on him and bounced on him. It just yeah, I mean from top to bottom, there's not a lot to like. Really, the guys that were best are the guys who don't make their money on their skill they make their money on their on their effort and their heart and it was Martinuk was I thought was good and mm-hmm. again you know scored and was you know good for for what he is right um but beyond that I mean you know Ajo gets the one redirection looked like he had a couple moments there where maybe he could get going but uh you know not a lot there Eric Hall mm-hmm. was pretty invisible pretty invisible against his old team I would have thought maybe yeah. a, a little fire there but Nick Waugh looked better than Eric Alla outside of the outside of the penalty. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is that, uh, and I, I tweeted this out during the game, 
Nick Waugh was impressive tonight. I actually thought he was a noticeable player, one of Vegas's best players tonight. And he even gave Pesci a hard time a couple of shifts. Um, I'm not in any way saying that, oh, well, shouldn't have traded him. But I was impressed. Number no. 10 looked good. No, he was good. I mean, other than the, right, the, penalty. the bad penalty, which it looked like he might end up being the the villain for, for mm-hmm. Vegas. And then, you know, the they had two sticks break. Uh, and then the Edmonton one, obviously, is the really bad one. Uh, in that situation, I usually they go for a stick, I know, but it almost felt like maybe just kind of peel back and fill the lanes. But mm-hmm. he went back for the stick. Ajo kind of saw Pacioretty and just gave the tug. Pacioretty went down really easy. And, Ajo's and that's very what, strong. Yes. <laughs> he was lifting weights after. He was. So. He was. He had He's just enough strong. strength left to pump some iron. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just not, I mean... Not something Rod's going to be happy about. I think we'll. No, he's mad. Rod, Rod is about as mad as I can recall Rod being. Mm-hmm. So, uh, going into the game, we saw something different tonight. We saw Dezingle playing with Aho and Taravainen. Ryan didn't have a good night, and that line didn't stay together. Didn't even make the first period. Yeah. With about five minutes left in the period, he flipped McGinn up to that line, which is not ideal for anybody and put Dezingle back with Halla and Natures. That line didn't stay together the rest of the night. I didn't think Taravainen was very good tonight either. He was almost a goat on what could have been a 3 nothing lead. Slavin erased it, and then Taravainen ends up with the goal. Um, but um, the way Dezingle played tonight, somebody's got to come out. Yeah, that's what I said on Twitter. I said, this, let's see if he seizes his opportunity. And yep. there was just, there's nothing there. And, um... You know, there's mistakes in his own end where, you know, they always talk about head on a swivel and it feels like he gets fixated in one way and loses the guy over his far shoulder. And right. there were three or four times tonight where it was kind of like, uh-oh, this is going to end up in the back of the net. And it didn't on him every time, but not, you know. Well, first goal. You, yeah. First goal, he has Riley Smith, and then he leaves him. Right. And, and he had the puck off his stick, too. I mean, right. he had on his stick briefly and lost it and... So just overall, I mean, yeah, somebody's got to come out. I mean, probably the only guy who, who walks out of this building tonight happy is Nino Niederreiter because he knows this lineup isn't going to go again Sunday. Right. <laughs> he knows he's back well, in. That is uh, <laughs> that is a hundred percent true. Um, right now, the standings look: the, uh, it's got Philly, Toronto, Carolina, all sixty-one points, all fifty-one games. Any advantage anybody had is gone. Uh, Florida's ahead. The Islanders are ahead. Pittsburgh's so far ahead. It's one of the most, the most amazing stories in the league. Columbus is a point ahead. And are you concerned at all? Not based on the standings, but based on maybe the way the team is made up right now. I mean, I think things, something's got to change here. You could tell just talking with Rod day after day, he doesn't have the same pride in this team that he had in last year's team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's evident. He doesn't. It hasn't come together. You know, I think that team, to him, felt like the 2016, like a whole bunch of people who got together and were greater than the sum of their parts. And um, I feel like I don't – you can tell that he's never felt that way about no. this group of guys. Maybe something changes. I don't know. Um, you know, it's hard to it, – it's – what what do you do to make this better? The defense tonight wasn't the bad – part of the game. You know, I thought the third pairing, actually Hayden Fleury's out there with well, the goalie pulled and Hayden Fleury played a good game. Hayden Fleury played a very good game. Uh, if, if there was anything encouraging, Slavin and Pesci do what they always do. 
Right. But if there was anything encouraging about the, what we saw tonight, I think it, that number four played very well. I think Joel struggled tonight, uh, whether it's just first game back, because Joel played pretty well in the, in the last few games before the break. Since Dougie came out, uh, Dougie got hurt. I saw him, by the way, wheeling around in the basement. Um, I think Joel's played very well. He struggled tonight. Um, but regardless of the back end, they have to add, add something. But they're not hard to play against like they were a year ago. Not right now they're not. Yeah. And you can you can feel Justin Williams kind of trying to will him there at mm-hmm. times, and he kind of did it in his first two games back. I mean, uh, and there were moments tonight where I thought he, he looked, you know, he got into the corners and he was taken on guys 15 years younger than him and, you know. He drew a penalty? Yeah, drew a yeah. penalty, and, uh, you know, I thought he played fine. The question is, you know, at what point do you need to get him into the top six? Does that solve your problem? Sunday? Yeah, because right now the top, I mean, right. the top six is, you're, you're doing a disservice to Ajo and Teravainen to not have somebody, and granted, McGinn scores tonight, but to not have somebody who can create for them also. So you, you're kind of in a tough spot. Mm-hmm. With that, I think if you put Williams there, or you split, I don't know. We got a USA champ going. I, I mean, I we're, guess, we're all excited. Yeah, I guess we. Uh, we're a very proud country right now. Yeah, I guess Jake Gardner is the answer. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think you put, uh, you know, maybe put Justin Williams there, or if you split Teravine and Aho up again and see if I think they will. They actually. can get. I mean, that that was when they were at their best last year because those two guys can create on their own. They don't need each mm-hmm. other to do it. Um, well, what was the line last year in uh, in January, February, and March that really got everybody going after the Niederreiter trade? Right. It was Niederreiter on the left, Aho in the middle, and Williams on the right. Right. I actually, at some point, I, I expect them to at least give that a whirl and yeah. see if Williams and Aho together can get Niederreiter going because the truth is they, meet, they miss him. Dezingle has not provided scoring. He's provided points. He's been okay, uh, but tonight was bad, and tonight was was his opportunity the, to do it. The question is: Is are are you going to tip over the apple cart, scratching guys that are either signed here or are playing for a contract like Halla? You start scratching these guys, and you know Rod's still a young coach. He's got to figure out: Is this going to give me the desired effect I want? Are these guys going to come back motivated, or are you going to start having a whole bunch of PO'd people? Uh, wondering why guys who've scored five goals on the year are playing night after night, and mm-hmm. and they're not. Um, so if you're having trouble scoring, and you're you're scratching guys who are known goal scorers, you know it, it's a that's the hardest part of being a coach is, yeah. is balancing and and dealing with the egos, I guess. And uh, that's what you know. Back to the point about earlier, I think last year the the egos were all in check. There was nobody right. who was. You know, Justin Falk knew his situation was not great going into the offseason, but he played maybe his best hockey of the last, you know, three years yeah. under that pressure. You mm-hmm. know, uh, Ajo had pressure. He played great. So it's uh, that's, that's that's the name of the game in coaching, I guess. It's not yeah. about X's and O's. It's about... No. It's Player a, management. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's going to be Rod's toughest thing now, and that's why, that's why McGinn doesn't come out, because Rod knows where he's going to get out of McGinn every single night, but... Can again score? Can, can you he, get? Can you get more did tonight? Yes. <laughs> can he score enough to justify playing in the top nine? No, I I do wonder at some point if and I actually thought um, when they were playing well tonight and there wasn't a lot of moments when they were playing well. 
I actually thought Stahl, Svechnikov, and Fogel was effective because they had enough speed. At least the other the two wings have enough speed, mm-hmm. and they played a bigger game. And that was effective against Vegas. The other stuff really wasn't that effective against Vegas. Um, but I do wonder at some point if it isn't Aho, Paula, Walmart in your top nine in the middle. And not that the bottom, your checking line of Stahl, McGinn, and Martinuk, let's just say that. Not that they're not going to play. They're going to play plenty. Mm-hmm. And Stahl is going to take all key faceoffs. But I wonder if maybe that's where they have to go, especially because if Stahl is going to play 16 or 17 minutes, it's tough to do that if you're not scoring at all, not pr- providing points. And, I mean, one thing I thought that was really interesting tonight is with about seven minutes left, I looked at the ice time, and the lowest guy, I think, was Martinuk at, like, 10-18, and the highest guy only had 14 or 13, right. high 13s, which was Ajo. So, you know, Rod can, Rod has no problem playing a line if they're going. He's right. not about, like... Well, they play. really didn't have anybody right, right, going, right? right, right. So that's the thing. But even when they're, you know, even when the team's playing well, if it's the fourth line that's creating chances, mm-hmm. Rod will throw them over the boards every three shifts. He, he doesn't feel like he has to play them right. nine minutes just because they're the quote-unquote fourth line. So I don't think it really matters where they go as long as you're finding the best combination. I mean, well, maybe, to, maybe Nino's the piece here. If, if Nino can score some goals, a whole lot of problems go away. But right. Or if Hala can start scoring some goals again. I mean, the mm-hmm. Hala situation to me. Ten, ten for Eric. Ten for Dezingle. Mm-hmm. No goals. Nino's got a five-game goal drought, mm-hmm. but those other two guys. I mean, Dezingle's back-to-back 20-plus goal seasons. Niederreiter, same thing, 20-goal seasons. Paula, 20, what, 27 right. two years ago before the injury. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, I don't know, actually, I don't think we have. Peter lets in a bad goal. The second goal was a bad goal. I think actually he played pretty well other than that. But in a game where goals are precious and you're not scoring, the, the bad goal matters. Right. And, I mean, Subban didn't give it, give up a bad no. goal. I mean, he gets beat on McGinn on a really nice shot. Uh, the Ajo redirection is, I mean, nobody's stopping, stopping that. No. But, yeah, I mean, that wide shot, short side wrist shot mm-hmm. is a tough one to give up. I mean, it definitely is one that I think comes back to bite you in the end. Now, the power play thing happens, and it, those two, both power play goals at the end of the game, it's like yeah. it, neither team you know, had a chance to even stop Go- either of them. Goals are going to score, yeah, especially yeah. when you have traffic in front. So, uh, you know, it, the numbers for Peter don't look great. He did face a lot of shots. Yeah. I didn't love the rebound control, and no. certainly in the beginning I didn't love the location. I mean, the, it could have been 4 nothing in the first period. With right. The posts he actually and, made some good saves. But then he, but he settled yeah. down. He settled but down. But still, so. it doesn't matter. You're only as good as your bad, as the worst goal. Right. Um, we, I mean, we've all known this as much as, I mean, I know I've been accused of being a Cam Ward apologist, uh, but I recognize, I mean, you let, let in a bad goal, the, the great saves, you're supposed to make saves. Right. You're not supposed to let in uh, bad goals. All right, we'll close on this. I don't want to be alarmist. Uh, who you got in the Super Bowl? I think it's got to be the Chiefs. Okay. Chiefs. I'll say Chiefs by 13. I don't think it's going to be by close. By 13? Yeah, 13. Wow. People are running 13. right out, running out right now and <laughs> going heavy because the Chiefs are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah. Going on the left. I think 13. 13. Right. I think it's going to be a, I think they're going to walk them a little bit. I kind of like the 49ers. Not because yeah. you said the Chiefs, but I like the 49ers. 
but it doesn't matter. And I don't know a damn thing. I just want to know what happens to the peanut. Ah, uh, yeah. Tough one. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. He'll be he, he'll be a shell of himself when he comes back. Ah, but it's... Yeah, well, I apologize for that. Thank you very much to Corey Lavalette, North State Journal, uh, for doing that. Yes, Mr. Peanut, although I do believe the ad campaign changed in, in light of the passing of Kobe Bryant. All right, here's what we have to look forward to. Uh, there's a, a busy slate of games tomorrow and a bunch of games that involve teams that Carolina has deep interest in Columbus will be at Buffalo one o'clock Vancouver who will be here at two o'clock on Sunday is at the Islanders at one o'clock. So uh, both Columbus and the Islanders part of this six team log jam for four spots, Florida, another team with 61 points will be playing at Montreal, Philadelphia hosts, Colorado, Toronto hosts, Ottawa. So all the other five teams Carolina's competing with for spots all play tomorrow or Saturday because by by the time you're listening to this, it's today. Actually, I'm recording it technically on Saturday since it's not, it's just before one o'clock in the morning. All right, so 4-3, bad performance, got to get back on it against Vancouver on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. There will not be a morning after podcast then because uh, we'll all be knee deep in Patrick Mahomes versus Jimmy Garoppolo and his eyebrows. Uh, for I want to thank Corey Lavalette. Uh, you heard from Rod Brindamore. You heard from Jordan Martinook. Uh, and you heard from me. I'm Adam. Uh, yes, subscribe, rate it, give me your feedback. Hope you enjoyed it. Certainly hope you enjoyed it more than a 4-3 Vegas win over Carolina from Friday night at PNC Arena. See you later. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Are you unhappy with your CPAP provider? Did you know you can easily switch providers right now? I'm Megan Giggling, General Manager of Parkway Sleep Health Centers. We are North Carolina's number one source for CPAP machines and supplies. Contact us today. We ship anywhere in North Carolina. If you're in need of a CPAP machine, supplies, a knowledgeable doctor, or a sleep study, Parkway has you covered. For information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health.